Hello, squirrel friends. Today we are on part two of my um, stories about the three boys that I feel were victimized by the uh, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and the uh, Department of Children and Family Services. Um, today we are going to be talking about Anthony Avalos. Um, again, I want to start off with, um, these three cases are very traumatic. Uh, they discuss child abuse. So if you are triggered by those things, I suggest you don't listen to these episodes. Um, I want to say that these upset episodes are very upsetting for me. Um, after doing about a week of research for all three cases, it was really difficult for me, but I decided that these boys needed their stories told. And the reason for this is because they needed to be heard. Um, and we need to try and make sure that we do better for our children and that this doesn't happen again. Um, now, because Anthony... Avalos and Noah Cuatro are newer cases than Gabriel Fernandez. I don't have as much information on them. I will, however, share with you everything that I have found um, so that you can understand the reasoning for my anger. <laughs> uh, as many of you know, I have done counseling. Um, I have worked for a crisis response Uh, So I know how it works for the most part. Um, And I do feel that the Department of Child and Family Services, as well as the Sheriff's Department, could have prevented the deaths of these three children. So having said that, we will discuss Anthony Avalos. Anthony Avalos lived with his parents in the Mojave Desert, California. He had eight brothers and sisters. Anthony died at the age of eight on June 21st, 2018. When he was discovered, his body showed signs of physical abuse and malnutrition. His mother, Heather Barron, and her boyfriend, Kareem Levia, were charged with murder with special circumstances. Sound familiar? In July 2018, 10-year-old, I'm sorry, he died when he was 10 years old, I'm sorry, in, 2000, in, in July 2018, 10-year-old Anthony Avalos arrived at the emergency room with fatal bleeding in his brain. He was emaciated and his battered body succumbed the following day after years of deprivation and abuse. Over the last four years, the Los Angeles Department of Family and Children's Services, DCFS, has received 13 reports of of suspected abuse on Anthony and his siblings. For part of that four-year period, his family was actually under the supervision of the DCFS. The Los Angeles County Deputy District Attorney, Jonathan Hatami, said, There were injuries to Anthony's side, 
and his hip area, both his left hip and his right hip, his arms, and even injuries to his feet. Mr. Atami added, at one point, Anthony could not walk. He was unconscious, lying on his bedroom floor for hours, was not provided medical attention, and could not eat on his own. In June 2014, a PhD psychologist who evaluated Heather Barron concluded that she appeared to have poor parenting skills as shown by lack of her patience towards her two children that displayed energetic behavior. At this time, the assessor believes that her capacity to provide suitable care for her children is severely limited by her poor parenting skills poor judgment and denial and lack of awareness of her own mental health issues. The evaluator recommended a variety of services for Barron. She refused to participate in individual therapy, which she probably needed the most. In July 2014, progress report from the Children's Center indicated that Barron was having a quote-unquote difficult time maintaining her composure when her children would misbehave. In August 2014, the agency reported that Barron was overwhelmed. The agency case manager recommended therapy for Miss Barron, but she again refused, saying she was not interested in talking about the past. In October 2014, a counselor at the child center called the hotline with concerns about the family. The counselor had tried to consess her concerns, but it seemed that it, she was blown off. She reported that Baron, who had recently given birth to a fifth child, was very aggressive and angry and showed no nurturing to any of her children, including the infant. She reported that she observed Baron yanking one child by the arm, yanking her daughter's hair while brushing it, and calling the children names like punk and bitch. <sighs> the voluntary case was closed on December 4th, 2014, with the following comments. The mother has been very compliant with services and receptive to outside resources. Although the family has received two new referrals, the allegations were assessed unfounded and inconclusive. Mother has agreed to continue counseling for the children. Now, let's just pause there for a fucking minute. Now, didn't I just read that Miss Heather Barron refused services? Not once, not twice, but three times? And now this report from the Children's Center says that she was agreeing to all services. I I just, I fucking can't. The agency arranged for the family to receive this counseling through a new agency, Hathaway Sycamore's Counseling. However, there was no indication that Barron had made any progress in addressing her parental issues. 
Surprise, fucking surprise. On September 18th, 2015, the hotline received a call. Revealed to be the principal of Anthony's school, recounting disturbing reports by Anthony of his treatment at home. A similar call came in from the sheriff's deputy the next day. According to investigation, the children were visiting their uncle, David Barron, and told him about the horrific treatment they received from Heather Barron and her boyfriend, Kareem Leva. David Barron refused to allow his sister to pick up the children and called the police instead. Anthony and two of his oldest siblings described to the deputy who responded a litany of horrific punishments by Barron and Levia. They reported that Barron made them squat against the wall for long periods of time, a torture she called Captain's Chair. They also described beatings, food deprivation, being locked away in their rooms, and Levia's hanging Anthony's brother from the stairs. So again, the sheriff's deputy department was called, and again, this boy still died. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll finish Anthony's story. squirrel friends let's continue to talk about Anthony Avalos so on April 28 2016 DCFS received another report which and this report came from a domestic violence center staff who was working with Barron Two of Anthony's brothers had bruises on their faces. Barron said they had been in a fight, but the boys told the reporter that Kareem Levia made them fight each other. They also reported being locked in their rooms and deprived of food for long periods of time. Barron stated that Levia had not been home since the previous September. In interviews with the investigator, Anthony, his sister, and the five-year-old brother all denied the allegations. Anthony and his sister denied that Levia was in the house or even that they knew him, a denial which would have raised, should have raised serious concerns in the investigator. Rassi, the social worker who was monitoring the open case involving Anthony's brother, said the children definitely knew who Levia was and thought he was coming to the house regularly. The investigator of the previous report also declared that the children definitely knew Livia. So, despite all these inconsistencies, all these allegations were considered unjustified, unfounded, inconclusive, and the disposition was that the situation had stabilized. The risk assessment, however, showed a high risk of abuse or neglect and a recommendation to promote the case. Uh, 
but the recommendation was disregarded because there's already a social worker on the scene, the same worker who was sure Olivia was coming to the home regularly. Her involvement ended in October, on October 16th, 2016, and the children were totally on their fucking own. Like, that part just blows my mind. Like, <sighs> when, you, when, we, when we refer back to how I said Anthony was found, that he had all these injuries, nobody thought that something was wrong. Like you're t- you're t- you're honestly telling me that nobody thought any- that you know, they they just were like it's fine, everything's fine, he's fine, we're all fine. And unfortunately, after this whole debacle in 2016, there were no more allegations until it was too late for Anthony. Anthony's fate was sealed. And he told his mother that he liked boys and girls and Livia overheard this conversation. Now, before I go on, for those of you who listened to my first episode about Gabriel Fernandez, doesn't this sound fucking familiar? Didn't that garbage pile of a human being, Azaria Aguirre, say that, or it was speculated that the reason why he beat Gabriel so much is because he was trying to beat the gay out of him. And now we have another child Who's reporting that he likes boys and girls and another adult beating the snot of the kid. <sighs> so the following night, Anthony's siblings later reported that Livia picked Anthony up by his feet and slammed his head on the floor repeatedly. The next morning, Heather Barron called 911 saying that Anthony had fallen. He was taken to the hospital the next and died the next day. Anthony's siblings initially denied any abuse. But as soon as they were questioned by an forens- expert forensic interviewer, they revealed all the horrors that were occurring in the home. Punishment for minor transgressions were that the children were made to kneel on rice with weights on their hands, were kept awake all night by water being thrown under their faces, either by Baron or Livia, if they fell asleep. They were whipped with a belt or an extension cord on the buttocks or the soles of their feet. Anthony, however, was singled out of special punishment. Livia would pick him up by his feet and slam him on the floor head first as he did the night before Anthony died. Unfortunately, by dying, Anthony was able to save his siblings from this nightmarish home. They were removed from the home of Baron and Livia, who had been charged with first-degree murder of Anthony's death. DCFS, once again, had so many chances to save a child's life, and they didn't. They wasted them all. Anthony was a gifted, sensitive, loving child who was condemned to years of suffering, only ending in his death. The OCP 
was set up to protect children in the wake of Gabriel Fernandez's death. It's sad that this office ended up basically whitewashing Anthony's death. As of right now, Baron and Livia face life in prison without the possibility of parole. The death sentence for these two garbage people was taken off of the table in May 2021. Based on the Avalos report, the chances of a thorough investigation for both Anthony's death and the next child's death are incredibly slim. And that just keeps me up at night because I just, I don't understand. I don't understand why this child had 13 complaints between February 2013 and April 2016, including sexual abuse when Anthony was just four years old. DCFS failed to save this child from torture and murder, just like they failed to save Gabriel. And it makes me ashamed that I was so proud to be in the mental health field and to say that I was doing this to save children. As a child of abuse myself, I grew up in a home where there was domestic violence and abuse. And I know how much that can change you. And I also know that I was given opportunities by social workers to tell my story and they didn't believe me. So I know that this is not just in California. I know this is a national even an international thing and I think as a society we fucking need to do better ladies and gentlemen so on that note I do want to say that I love you and I want you to take care of yourself because I know how upsetting these cases can be Um, know that I love you your voice matters and take care of yourself